Hello and welcome to the Didache podcast, where we draw upon past wisdom to help plant and grow new churches. In this A Sunday with Jesus series, I'll be joined by a range of guests, and together we'll walk through a typical Sunday, from the call to worship through to food after the service. And we're asking, how do these things help us to follow Jesus throughout the week? My hope is that we'll see our gathered worship of Jesus as the heart of our church life together and our discipleship to Jesus. Not just because of what we're doing, but because of what God is doing in these gatherings. As James Smith wrote, Worship is the arena in which God recalibrates our hearts, reforms our desires, and rehabituates our loves. Worship isn't just something we do, it's where God does something to us. Worship is the heart of discipleship, because it's the gym in which God retrains our hearts. Thanks to all those involved in these episodes, thanks to John Smith for the incredible intro music, and to you for listening. I hope this series helps enlarge your vision of Jesus and his church. Well, welcome to the Didache podcast and to this A Sunday with Jesus series, where we're asking why the followers of Jesus do what we do on Sundays. My name's Sam Foles, and I'm here in this episode with Tom Low, uh, Tom, good to see you. Good to see you too, Sam. Good to be here. Thanks for having me. Fantastic. When we went into lockdown in, in 2020, uh, I began to explore the world of producing online content. You, Tom, you were the first person I interviewed. It was uh, like a long time ago now. <laughs> yeah, that is. It doesn't feel that long ago, though. It doesn't feel that long. <laughs> Lots happened, though. Two, yeah, a lot has happened. A lot has happened. And here we are. Almost, yeah, two years later. Well, look, we're here uh, in this episode to talk about preaching. Week by week, followers of Jesus gather to read the Bible, to hear it preached. Tom, you're a vicar, you're a preacher. How long have you been doing that? How many sermons do you reckon you preach in your life? Oh, dude, good question. <laughs> I suppose they're racking up now. I've been ordained for coming up to 11 years uh so that means certainly week by week been preaching that long almost weekly for that amount of time before that a bit here and there I used to work at a church you know as a youth worker or different things where you get an occasional talk but I would say proper Sunday by Sunday preaching yeah maybe like 10 years or so yeah adds up doesn't it which yeah I guess a few hundred sermons yeah you know you know, I, I know there are some preachers out there who've done like 40,000 odd or whatever, but <laughs> yeah. way to it's go. like Spurgeon or someone preached 10 sermons a week, or am I just making that up? No, I think there are some out there. And, you know, it makes me think, I think some preachers got very different styles. Like, you know, some might just literally, what's the passage? You know, I'm going to get up and preach on that passage for an hour or whatever. You know, I'm sure Spurgeon could just crank out 10 a week. Yeah. Some of others of us are sort of like sweating over one a week, you know, <laughs> yeah. getting, uh, you know, sweating blood over the passage and then oh. produce a 10 minute thing yeah. at the end of it. I think you ever, you'd be horrified. Uh, yeah, yeah. Have you ever recycled a sermon? Have I ever recycled a sermon? Very rarely, actually. Yeah. Very rarely. Normally, because I'll dig one up again and I'll just think, oh, my goodness, that, you know, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure I can do better Creeps than that. <laughs> and and also, I really I'm a big believer in freshness. Yeah. Um, because, you know, I, the thing about preaching for me is that there's a moment, isn't there, between you and the congregation that that's not happened before. It mm. might be a different, slightly different group of people. It might be 
you know, a different kind of week that we've all had. So there's mm. something I think about the freshness uh, that comes with maybe the day, even the day before or the morning off early in the morning, mm. getting up and you, you're there back in the scripture thinking about it mm. um, than just pulling one out of my filing cabinet and reading it out. It's not really my kind of style. Um, not to judge those that do, I get it. But um, yeah, for me, the freshness is important. I really agree with that. And actually, we'll pick up on that point a little bit later on. Well, Tom, look, preaching can get a bit of a bad rap from time to time. It's sometimes known as the, the slot in the surface where, where people switch off. I have actually had someone fall asleep in one of my sermons before. Oh, yeah, regularly. Yeah. <laughs> you, you'll, you'll never have experienced that, but uh, I have. And, and sometimes the, the adjective preachy is banded about. It's used to describe someone who's, who kind of gives moral advice in a holier-than-thou manner. Is preaching an outdated practice that we, we just need to replace with coffee and conversation? Oh, uh, you know, I can see, you know, I can definitely see why it's got a bad rap and why people... I mean, in the Church of England, growing up in the Church of England here and there, you know, certainly I would say if you ask a lot of congregation members, why do you go to church? I don't think they would say because I want to hear the word preached. I think it more likely in the Church of England, it could be, you know, I want to go for that time of prayer and beauty, you know, sitting in that beautiful environment or whether it's the singing or whether it's the, the or communion, the sacraments. Uh, but for me, um, I became a Christian at at a church you'll know well all souls and um i'd never really been exposed to what i would call good preaching um or where a church that is almost built around you know if you ever go into all souls it's literally it's a, it's a square box with a pulpit in the middle yeah. and and it's literally built for that and and then, and i just couldn't believe what i was hearing you know when you have that kind of atmosphere and and uh, and presence of the lord and a, and a gifted preacher gets up it's nothing like it absolutely nothing like it and um uh, and i was converted through hearing a sermon a, a beautiful sermon preached so so that's that gives me a deep conviction obviously about the power of preaching but even even if you took aside from that um preaching obviously there's the side of people thinking well don't preach at me you can't tell me your truth you know you can't tell me how it is you know um we've all got our own truth and all that but leaving that aside, just the concept of listening to someone speak for um, an hour, let's say, is still, whether you're a Christian or not, is still a medium by which it is probably still the most powerful medium. Um, you know, you could go to, people will go to, to a theatre to hear a comedian speak for two hours and be absolutely, like, pay good money for that. So that 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 idea of sitting down and listening to someone share their thoughts and mind or whatever is not an outdated thing and will always be a powerful thing because that's the way God made us to be for good or ill. Um, so I think so, so it's probably more to do with um, possibly the quality of preaching out there is a problem. Um, so, you know, there's that old adage, isn't there, that, you know, some people can speak for 40 minutes and it speaks, feels like five minutes. Others preach for five minutes and it feels like 40 minutes. So um, so there's that side to it. But I still know and have witnessed that there is still a massive hunger uh, for people to come and hear um, good biblical preaching. And um, and even in my own experience is that even when people don't realize that's what they've been missing when they do hear 
a good sermon, they feel they they feel like, oh my goodness, it feels like I've just been fed. I've just you know, I've just had my soul refreshed, and I didn't know why. Um, but sorry, I'm I'm rambling. But I, I can. There's many reasons why preaching might get a bad rep. You know, it could be that that old feeling of you know hell and brimstone and and all of that is outdated and being told off and you know going to church and just spending an hour being told off by the vicar maybe there's some truth in how that's felt before for some people yeah so there's there is bad preaching out there and we want to be be honest about that but there's there's good preaching and if someone came up to you on, on the street and said you know tom you're a vicar you're a preacher what is what's preaching what's good preaching what would you say Oh, mate, that's a good question. Um, I'm always a bit wary of giving too many things of what I think makes a good preacher because there's so many different types of preachers, isn't there? Um, or uh, of what uh, what qualities make make their one good? I think the key, of course, to all good preaching is there is a difference. Of course, there is between someone who's just a good speaker, an orator. Uh, doesn't mean necessary and even a, a christian preacher who's just very very good at, at entertaining the people um can have huge congregations etc but doesn't necessarily mean that, that they're a good preacher um what do i mean by that is that i think preaching always has to be centered on christ mm. uh, and christ from the scriptures because what essentially we're doing is we're telling the truth of god um from the word of god um to to the people hopefully in a way that if we've done our job well is so clear and understandable that it affects their hearts and minds and lives and their faith amen to that we've already mentioned charles spurgeon and here's here's a little quote of his that i, I love said the motto of all true servants of god must be we preach christ and him crucified and then he says, a sermon without Christ in it is like a loaf of bread without any flour in it. No Christ in your sermon, sir. Then go home and never preach again until you have something worth preaching. I love that. So yeah, preaching yeah. is about Jesus in the Bible, just, just on the Bible, because preachers get up, open the Bible, preach the Bible, not from the newspaper or preach their opinions. Good preachers preaching Jesus from the Bible. What convictions about the Bible should we have if we want to preach well or sit on the preaching well? Uh, well, I mean, fundamentally, you've got to believe that it's the word of God, that you've got to believe that this, the scriptures, are the, are the true and faithful testimony of Jesus Christ as revealed from the Father from heaven uh, through, through his son, isn't it? So, so all of scripture is, uh, as Jesus often says, is about him. Um, so essentially our faith then is a revealed faith it it we we need to be told it we need to be shown it we can't just say well let's all write a book about our own musings about Jesus and use that as our text um, God has given us a faithful testimony of Jesus from the foundation of the world or even from before the foundation of the world if you want to go that far but it's certainly from the foundation of the world from Genesis to Revelation it is a testimony and witness to his son who is the word himself um so i think that's why christians have always said look we live in a world where if you really think about it what's gone wrong with the world is that it's believed false testimony about god 
you know, that's what happened in the Garden of Eden, isn't it, with, with um, Adam and Eve and the serpent. They, they started to believe a false testimony, which has led to all the problems we've got. So we live in a world of false testimony. Uh, and the scriptures for us are a faithful testimony. Mm-hmm. So that's why we, we daren't we really leave that because we're in danger of, even if we think it's true or right, we're in danger of false testimony, which, which when you think about it, can do enormous damage. So it's more that I'm, I'm more worried about doing damage to my congregation by departing from the scripture, even if I think I'm on safe grounds, because you may not be. So that's why I certainly stick to the scripture uh, because of that. It is faith, the faithful testimony. And so did Jesus. So if Jesus did that, when it came to his own life, when it came to his own, his own um, decision to follow the father, the only way he saw he could do that to faithfully follow the father and understand his will and do that was to, to use and build his life off scripture and quote mm. scripture at the devil. Mm. Um, so if Jesus is doing that, then that's got to be what we do, isn't it? Agreed. Agreed. So we're not going to replace preaching with coffee and conversation, though there are plenty of opportunities to do that in church life and um, to, to enjoy hopefully good coffee and hopefully good conversation <laughs> as well. Yeah. Uh, but Tom, let, you know, let, you've, you've already started this, but let's get into the Bible and help, help us to understand why followers of Jesus gather to hear the Bible preached. Give us a, a little theology of, of preaching from the Bible. We'll start that off for us. Yeah, okay. So, I mean, you were mentioning, like, what's wrong with sitting around having coffee and, and, and a chat? I mean, of course, we can do that with the scriptures open and have a coffee and a chat. And great things can You know, we love meeting in people's homes. I know you do that at your church, meet people's homes, get the Bible out, chat about it. Uh, we need one another. We need each other's insights. We need each other's uh, uh, experience and testimony about what Jesus is doing in their lives over the scriptures. Um, and, and that's incredibly, um, what would you call, nutritional for our faith. It is the, that is uh, the food of our faith, isn't it? Jesus says that man shall not live off bread alone, but from every. So, so there is that. Um, but I think there's something unique about um, moving a sort of a level beyond that which is the gathered congregation uh, and, the, and the, re- the reading of the word and the preaching of the word in that gathered um, congregation. Um, why do I say that? Because there's something, I'm sure you've explored this on your podcast, why Sundays are so special. I mean, it is the, it is the full gathered body of Christ together, local body of Christ together. And it's almost saying like we here have come to hear and receive from Christ. And the preacher's task, who is someone who's been set aside or appointed for that task or gifted in that task, um, has been given that job of expounding the scriptures. Um, Hopefully they are a person of prayer and, and preparation. But when they do and everyone's gathered to hear it, they're expectant by faith to hear the word of God. And when the word of God is delivered, something, I mean, incredible things uh, can happen. Um, I suppose, uh, what could I liken that to? Perhaps a bit like if you've gone to a, a, a concert to hear a beautiful piece of classical music that someone has written and prepared and uh, you, you just sit there and you listen, you submit to it in a way, you open your heart to, and it has an amazing ability to crack open your heart. And I think a conversation or a Bible study 
as good as it is, doesn't have that ability like the gathered Sunday community um, context does of someone has prepared, hopefully, beautiful truth from the scripture, uh, thought about how it applies to your heart and your life and your ways, and someone who's mature in Christ, who's been through those things, and they just deliver a, 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 a sermon that then can just have a huge impact uh, on our lives as we as we gather together to listen to it oh man that's that's so good and we we, we do read of uh, the apostle paul talking to timothy and said devote yourselves to preaching of the word and i just wonder is there something in the relationship between what's going on in creation as god speaks his word out into the world and preaching uh, the word of god being spoken out into the midst of a a congregation could you reflect on that for us well uh, yeah it's a great point i mean i suppose you say the first sermon ever preached is literally genesis one isn't it so so yeah. god the father in speaking his word the son in sending his son forth i mean literally and god said things are created uh things happen he didn't just click his fingers and and make things happen he spoke uh, his word and life happens and um you know, you see that in Jesus's life when, for example, I don't know, is it John 5 where he's saying um, that even the dead will hear my voice and rise, mm. that that the voice of God in Christ is so uh, powerful. And it, it what does it do? It, it almost brings the life of God to the the listener. Um, so if it's creation, he speaks it into being almost. And, and when he speaks the wind dies down or, or the storm calms because uh, it communicates his life through his word. So I'm just thinking it through as we speak, isn't mm -hmm. it? Because if the father brings life to the world by sending his word, who is his son, then there's something about preaching the, the, the mode of communication of you can bring God's life to people through words yeah. um, and have that life brought into by faith i suppose so so if you've got the word of god here uh, it's yeah. almost like you know the father speaking through the son through the word through the preacher mm. bringing that same kind of creative life to people even onto dead ears so dead ears, dead ears hardened hearts spiritual spiritually dead people can be brought back to life um and, and there's loads of scripture isn't there about the spirit you know jesus saying i've come to open uh, deaf ears and to make the blind see and understand um so yeah that's where i think why paul the apostle will say you know i'm not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of god for the salvation of anyone who believes mm -hmm. and then later in, in romans 10 doesn't he he says you know how can they believe if they've not heard and so it's all about the proclamation of the gospel and, you know, you tying it to creation is interesting, isn't it? Because that is what's what Paul says all creation and Psalm 19 says all creation is doing. It is just proclaiming yeah. holy, holy, holy is the Lord God almighty and worthy is the lamb. That is creation's voice, isn't it? Yeah. That sermon is going out all around creation. And, uh, uh, and but I think when we do that from the scripture, um, we're doing it in the God ordained, powerful way that he's given us. Yeah. Oh, 
but it's sorry I'm, I'm rambling again <laughs> it's so good and i mean i haven't given you these questions in advance you're re responding to to these uh, uh uh in the moment and so i really appreciate that just awesome and i think what you were just saying it, it makes so much sense to me uh when it comes to the great commission you know jesus he'd invited these guys to to come and watch his life to to share life with him and then he's going to send them out to all the nations to make disciples by baptizing people in the name of the Father, Son, and Spirit, and teaching them to obey all that he's commanded. Uh, and how do they respond to that? They plant and grow churches, mm. and churches which are devoted to the apostles' teaching. And what yeah. do those guys make an absolute top priority? Preaching. Yeah. Yeah, you know, the, the, yeah. This, it's 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 something. It is interesting because you would to. think you would think there'd be like the the best thing we can do is you know <laughs> is do the practical help, do the mm. let's set up hospitals, let's do those things that are really going to help people, and then perhaps that will convince them to become Christian because it's such a great. Whereas actually, I say no, you can only form that kind of that kind of community yes. does happen, but you can only form that kind of community if you're basing your life around the preaching of the word yes. or, or because of Christ, that's what brings Christ to the yes. center of a community is the preaching of the word. So if you take that away, you've got a Christless community that can try mm. and do those things, but won't, won't have the life within it to do it. Um, and it's interesting why, I mean, you know, it's great to actually stop and think, why is that the case? And I think you're right. It's because of that. It's like the sacrament, isn't it? you know, mm -hmm. of Holy Communion. If you think actually as we break the bread and drink the wine together, Christ's presence is there. Yes. That feeds us spiritually, literally feeds us physically and feeds us spiritually that his life is manifest in the community and holding the community together. Then actually that's what, you know, in, in the Church of England, you know, the service is split into ministry of the word yep. and ministry of the sacrament. So they're both doing the same things is forming Christ or bringing Christ to the, to the, to the middle of the community life. Yes. So I, I, it's painful to see it. I think when you see churches who they're wonderful in their heart to bring help to the poor and the needy, wonderful in their heart for it. Mm -hmm. There's this, but without, if they don't have at the center that, spiritual life that christ gives through the sacrament and through preaching um it somehow always struggles to raise up disciples i think it helps a lot of people and brings a lot of people needy and people too want to come to god but fails to somehow bring that joyous um heart converted love towards the lord I could be wrong on that one as well, but that's, that's been certainly a little bit of my experience. Um, Amen. And just want to pick up on that, that point you were making about the word of God preached and the sacraments administered um, those, those going together actually. And the, the church of England will define churches where, where the word of God is preached and the sacraments are administered yeah, yeah. because of what you were saying there earlier, that, th that these are, are where Jesus is made present with his people. Jesus' voice, his, his body and his, and his blood put at the centre of church so that we're filled with his life so we can go out into the world uh, to make him known. And I, I just wonder, though, uh, Peter Lightheart has this quote, which I was just pulling up, because he notices that, particularly in some Protestant churches, we can emphasise one of those over the other. So perhaps sometimes in evangelical churches, we can lift up preaching 
uh, but maybe only take communion once a month. Uh, but then in perhaps some other churches, like the, the, the sacraments are, are lifted up and preaching is, 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 is not made a priority. And he says, he says this quite provocatively. In some churches, God speaks but doesn't feed. In others, he's the silent host at the Eucharist. And it is quite provocative, but I just wanted to say, actually, we do need the two together, God speaking and God uh, welcoming people to his table. Do you want to just respond to that? Ah, I, you know, I want to, I want to wholeheartedly go amen to all of that. I absolutely do. But some, some deep part of me also thinks, oh, the preaching of the word is like, it needs to somehow take priority. I don't know why. I shouldn't say that because I think you're absolutely right. I mean, you can have some, I think because some churches can go, can go off the, and just say, you know, it's all about, it's all about a cerebral type of Christianity. You know, it's all about knowing good doctrine. It's all about um, knowing the Bible really well. And that's great and everything, but then can then sort of look down upon um, what's happening in communion, that, Mm. that, that participation in the body, which you can't do by listening to a sermon online you know, or, or whatever. Um, so I think that is absolutely right. And you can't remove the sacraments. Interestingly, I was just doing another sort of podcast earlier today, one that, you know, Bible live that yeah. we do at our church. And we were looking at one Corinthians and Paul actually says uh, in it in verse 17, he says, for Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel. Uh, <laughs> and I was uh, like, well, hold on, that's a sacrament, the baptism. What are you talking about, Paul? You know, surely baptism, communion. Would he have said the same thing about communion? I'm not, he's not sent me to to host communion, but to oh. preach. But I think that's the context. I think that's because others sure. are um, are saying, "Well, I was baptized by this person, and that person was baptized by that better person." He's mm-hmm. like, "I don't care whether you were baptized by that person or that one. You got to believe the gospel." Um, yeah. So, sure, I, I, I do. Well, I'm going to have to listen to that Bible live episode now. <laughs> <laughs> got me intrigued. Yeah, no, you're right, because there's lots of churches that will gather around the Eucharist, gather around the Holy Communion, and you're like, why isn't this, why isn't this church on fire? Why is it, you know, it's doing it all the time, once a week or more. Why is it, um, because I like that, what Peter Lightheart's saying there about it, it's, it, he's the silent host mm. at this meal, of which they're struggling to get to know. Mm. Um, they might enjoy his felt presence, but struggling to get to know him, whereas others might be getting to know a lot about him, but not actually enjoying his presence, maybe in that wow. in that way. Yeah. Um, but maybe it, it's it's both. I mean, I, I mean, preaching is almost a sacrament, really, isn't it, in that way? Um, that he is made known, he is made present by faith. Uh yeah, so yeah, I do see what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, and, and certainly didn't raise that to point the finger at anyone, but, no. but to say actually that I, I think both. The word preach and the sacraments administered have to be priorities, top, you know, real priorities for us because they are for the, the early church. You know, they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching they and, and they devoted themselves to preaching yeah. and to the breaking yeah, of yeah. bread. And of course, yeah. we see in Luke 24, don't we, Jesus, uh, the yeah. risen Lord, he, he meets with those disciples and, and uh, on the road to Emmaus and he opens up the scriptures with them, uh, teaches about himself from the Bible, and then he breaks bread with them. It's like the two together yeah. and that gets them on mission. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's about, I mean, I think actually in some ways communion is, is more powerful to affect um, perhaps the younger members of the congregation or, or perhaps some of those who, who are finding a, a sermon hard to follow or whatever uh for whatever reasons 
that it's a powerful moment when a child comes up and receives communion with their, you know, mm. or, or, or someone, uh, it brings together everyone in a way that you simply receive, you put your hand out mm. uh, and you, you understand what you're doing yeah. um, in a different kind of way. Yeah, um, wonderful. Yeah, that is interesting. Yeah. Was it Augusta who said that, that, that uh, the sacraments are visible words? Yes, that's right. There. Yeah. That's it, exactly. And definitely the two do go together, don't they? And I find, you know, when I'm preaching and, and, and leading communion, that there's often a link between what I've been preaching about and, and what I want to say at the table. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't often think about what I'm going to say at the table, uh, but the, I, I do find quite often, at least in my own head, there is there's a link, whether I can always communicate yeah. that well or not. Yeah, because there's matter. that invitation, isn't it? It's it, usually the gospel comes with an invitation absolutely uh, and uh, and actually you know I know, I know a lot of churches do altar calls if you like i'm like well, why don't you just do communion because <laughs> that, that is the altar call isn't it come and eat with him uh, if you, if you... <laughs> that's a great point yeah come and, come and, he says i stand at the door and knock whoever yeah. opens the door i'll eat with them it's, like, yeah. it's quite a good altar call really isn't it, it? Really is. literally to the altar <laughs> yeah or a table call, whatever we got. That's it. Love it. Earlier, earlier, you were you alluded to online sermons, and you know, th- yeah. you know, thanks to the internet, we've got access to countless sermons online, yeah. and we yeah. can listen to whoever we want, whenever we want. But do you think there is an importance to actually sitting in a, a real church, hearing a real person preach from a real Bible, surrounded by real people? Yeah. Uh... Uh, yeah, I've given that a lot of thought as well, because it's I've often wrestled with, should we put our sermons online at all? Um, at our church, we record them, then we put them online and now they're live streamed or whatever people can catch up. Um, and, you know, I get it. Um, the only reason I think I would still do that is it is because some people genuinely couldn't get to church, you know, in the pandemic or or even outside the pandemic, someone might be ill or away or whatever, and they want to catch up. And it is a blessing. Some people might go, look, I really want to know what's 1 Corinthians 1 is all about and, and, and find it helpful to, to dig that out. But that, yeah, I, absolutely, you will, if your only source of, of um, preaching is just trawling through sermons on the internet, as much of a blessing, God can do all sorts of blessings, but you will, you will always lack something. And it is to do with that corporate nature, uh, being with your brothers and sisters in Christ, hearing the same thing together. Um, and, and I think it was Richard Buse um, who said this, you know, he said, you know, you can't just get up and walk out. You can't just pause it, mm. make a cup of tea. <laughs> you, yeah. you, you've surrendered yourself in some way to being there with others to, to, um, to open up your heart together to this to this word and i think that is a special thing mm. um, and that live proximity you know the atmosphere the that is created by jesus's presence being there mm. is different isn't it absolutely so, yeah, so absolutely. I, I do think i do think that's uh, that is important even the fact that you've got out of your house you've gone to church you've walked there you've driven there because you desire to meet all that spiritually prepares you um to then receive the word of which you know if i'm lying in my on my sofa scrolling through facebook and i click on a sermon doesn't quite um quite do that possibly mm-hmm. i i completely agree you know we're not gnostics 
God loves physical things, works through physical things, uh, yeah. people, a book. Um, and yeah, and, and I think also putting ourselves among the people of God uh, in the presence of Christ yeah. uh, is so important because we're hearing the word read and preached together. And then we're going out to live out or live in response to this word together. Yeah. And a big part of that is going to be loving one another. Um, yeah. so just, just as we kind of wrap this up, just talk to us a little bit about that, the, the, the difference that uh, gathering together to hear the word read and preach makes to our, our everyday lives, our life together as a church family. Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I think the end of the service, isn't it, is always go go in peace to love and serve the Lord in the name of Christ. Amen. Amen. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I think that's right. I think it's um, I think if you, you know, if you come back to that idea of feeding, even that, you know, whether it's the sacrament of Holy Communion or whether it's the word of God, you know, man shall not live off bread alone. And that idea of being together, encouraging each other and building each building one another up in the faith. Um, even that idea of I'm not alone, there are others around me who who spur me on and encourage me and seeing Christ in one another in a powerful way through that gathered body, because there's no other time you're going to see the body of Christ. You know, if you say, well, where is Jesus? You say, well, look, you can actually see his whole body um, uh, by coming to church Um massively encourages your faith and builds up your spiritual life that we can go go out uh into the world as jesus sent the disciples out etc um to do to to be able to actually not just do lots of amazing things for god and serve him well and all those 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 things are true but to even just um to then not be wrecked by the world do you see what I mean? It's even not to be destroyed and consumed by the world, even just a survival mechanism mm. of just saying that actually the world will have me and consume me if I'm not actually. It comes back to that thing I was say, saying earlier, actually thinking about it, that if you think about how false testimony um, just can do so much destruction, false testimony. And we're constant when we're in the world, false testimony is all around us and it's destroying what it's destroying people's lives. It's killing people. You know, you imagine someone gives a false testimony, a false testimony about someone, it can wreck a life yeah. quite easily. And and if that's what the way the world is, uh, then surely how much good can happen when we gather for true testimony? Yeah, it's actually very healing and life giving. If Christ is, if you're speaking, if the sermon is speaking truth of Christ. Uh, and it's doing the opposite thing of false testimony. It's actually healing you and changing you and quickening you for eternal life. Uh, then if you saturate yourself in that at least once a week, <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, then it will, it will help you not be destroyed by the false testimony of the world and also give the world hope that there is healing of truth in and through you and through then wanting them, they'll want to come to church um and see that um you know even you know uh, oh, that, i mean jesus says blessed are those who believe yet have not seen mm -hmm. uh and it's the word of their testimony so it, almost he wants it to be that word of testimony of the truth that do you say i don't know I'm, I, I'm i'm flitting between subjects here but that idea that actually why is the sermon the center 
of that and why are they sent to preach it's the testimony isn't it the testimony of the truth will heal the world mm. yeah oh yeah. this is so good i'm smiling ear yeah. to ear. No, it's, excited, yeah. it's absolute glory it's getting me excited about jesus and about preaching yeah. and yeah just as you said just the in, in genesis one uh, that god speaks his word uh, and john tells us that that word of god is christ yeah. he, he's the one who is the light of the world the one that brings uh, the life of god uh, to us uh, carried on carried on carried on the breath I mean, exactly the way we preach, you've got to have yes. a lung pull, you know, you've got to, you can't be weak chested. <laughs> Is that a Spurgeon we, lectures to my students point there? Yeah, I think he made something along those points. Because, well, that's fascinating, isn't it? Is that yeah. my life, the life, the life of God is, is communicated and given to you through his voice carried on the breath you know yes. it's literally and then into into your into your ears and into your mind and in your heart wow trinitarian theology right there in, yeah that's it in the group <laughs> preaching love it yeah so yeah. good oh uh, tom thank you so much uh, let me just let me just read a little quote from john webster which i think echoes so much of, of what you've you've been saying there he says the gospel's god is eloquent he does not remain locked in silence but speaks the son of God, Jesus, comes as a preacher. This is a primary purpose and one of the most characteristic activities of his earthly ministry. His apostles, too, are summoned by him to preach the gospel, to speak from him and about him, to address their fellow creatures with testimony to the gospel. And this apostolic commission remains for the church. The church of the word is a church in which, alongside praise, prayer, lament, sacraments, witness, service, fellowship and much else there takes the place the work of preaching mm, nice tom amen thanks so much for sharing your wisdom on on preaching i've loved this conversation i think i've been smiling the whole way all yeah. way through it and uh yeah really appreciate it. and there's been so much there's so much food for thought there and i hope those who are listening have found this really helpful thanks tom so much yeah. no worries man good to see you Fantastic. And, and we just say to everyone, you know, it, it, whatever local church you're part of, do do make uh, gathering with the people of God in a real church, uh, sitting under that preaching of the word, a, a top priority mm. in, in our lives. Yeah. And uh, do look out for another episode of this a Sunday with Jesus series on the Didache podcast. Thanks very much.